where extra people talk on ordinary media. My name is Addison, and tonight with me, we have quite a few people. Before I get started introducing my co-host and guest, I just wanted to go over that we are talking about the movie Baby Driver tonight. This was released in 2017. It was written and directed by Edgar Wright, and it stars Ansel Elgort, Kevin Spacey, Lily James, Isaac Gonzalez, John, John Hamm, Jamie Foxx, and John Bernthal. The movie centers around a young getaway driver who goes by the alias Baby, who suffers from tinnitus after a horrible car accident in his childhood, wanting to get out of the getaway driver business, but still owing debt to a crime boss. Baby meets a young, beautiful waitress he plans to ride off to the sunset. However, he just needs to pay off one more gig before he's free to go. We really hope that you have watched this movie because we're not going to be holding back on spoilers. To my my right, I have Kat. Hi, everyone. You've heard my voice before. My my dulcet tones. (laughs) We have some really exciting guests with us today. Um, We also have the wonderful, fabulous Joe. Yay, I'm back again. Hello, everybody. Awesome. And then we have some super exciting guests with us today who actually got to work on the set of this movie, which is super duper awesome. Yeah. Um, so we have Colin joining us. So, Colin, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your experience and maybe a little bit about you, if you like long walks on the beaches, and if you know how to drive a stick shift. Uh, well, uh, I did the first one beaches so you did a lot of, but yes, I was, uh, it's Colin Smith, I was a production assistant on both first and second unit, uh, the second unit being the main stunt unit, so all those cool, gnarly, uh, burnouts that you see, uh, on, uh, on, uh, the movie, we did all of those. Wow. Most of, most of all of the crazy stunt work, uh, like the opening shot work, he, uh, he 180s, uh, uh, a dumpster, uh, driving down alleyway. That was one of the things that we did, uh, driven by a man named Jay Fry, uh, who is quite possibly one of the best uh, stunt drivers in the world. Uh, wow. I, uh, worked on just the first and second unit for quite some time. <laughs> awesome. Was this your first time? Working on a production like this, or no? I have actually done a ton of uh, uh, I guess you would call them action films. I've done like Transformers. I've done a bunch of different other big name, I guess, popcorn flicks, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's what you like to call them. Um, so this is kind of uh, business as usual, except that this one, you know. Uh, in its own right, the car was its own character, so, you know, having the car do all the crazy things that it does uh, was, was, was one of our main story arcs that we were we were trying to tell on second unit. That's awesome. I love that you described that the car as, like, a character. Did it have a name on set? Did it get, like, a, a pet name? Uh, well, it was a red Subi, so we'd always call it, or Subaru, so we'd always call it, you know, it's like, it's like oh, there's a Subi. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. 
But um, it definitely was um, like you, like, you, like you said, it, uh, the car was an extension of baby, and it's definitely if you look at like the you know look at the story, it, it heavily relied upon like his talent to drive, and that's like kind of the whole reason he got wrapped up in the whole um, the whole criminal heist, and you know kind of got blackmailed, and you know that was like one of the main things. Is, is him driving, so um, definitely don't just watch, you know, I, I say to the viewers, don't just watch action sequences as, as, as you know, pure adrenaline, it's, there's definitely some, some meaning behind some of the crazy stuff that you saw. That's awesome. Okay, and we also have two other people joining us tonight. We have Matthew. Yes. Hi, Matthew. Hey. Uh, you were John Hamm's stuff. Double stand-in? I was his uh, stand-in and photo double, yeah. Who has the better butt, you or him? Well, <laughs> 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 uh, you know. <laughs> uh, I honestly didn't get a good chance to look at his, I apologize. I don't know. That would all be doing is just trying to use our classy and we're assholes. So don't worry, Matthew. I'm sorry I asked you a silly question. <laughs> well, if, if, uh, We can be X-rated. That's fine. Yeah. So here's the deal. <laughs> I was doubling for him, and he has, you know, it's an Italian. The, the blue suit is an Italian suit, and it's fit tight. It's a size 32. You know, it's kind of it's a tight suit. And uh, oh my god, do you get to see an outline of John Ham's junk? Whoops! Wait, the story's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in the suit, right? And I walk to wardrobe, and I am like. I'm totally showing, and I go to one and I'm like, hey, this is kind of a problem here, uh, I can't do this shot, and they look at me, and the wardrobe lady, Donna, she says to me, she goes, oh my gosh, you have the anaconda problem. <laughs> so what did he, what, what, she said, you have the anaconda problem. And I'm like, what are you talking, what on earth are you talking about? She's like, so let's just say that those were John's pants before, and I heard it's because he has the same issue you're having. We had to size them up. And I'm like, oh, we'll size me up too. <laughs> so, no that's the funniest thing. That's like, probably the funniest thing that happened on set. That uh, I don't, I haven't told many people, but now I'm, now I'm telling you. So, <laughs> okay, and basically, the rest of the world. <laughs> so, wait, did you shoot any scenes in those pants, or did you notice beforehand? Um, well, okay, so the funny thing is, uh, they made me stay in those pants, so. I haven't looked, if you can tell, but it's, it's, it's a diner. If they, you know, I don't know. So if, if everybody's like, hey, look at John Hamm's, John Hamm's junk in that scene, it, it, it might be mine. So we don't know. <laughs> That's delightful. <laughs> Is that what they based the casting off of when they <laughs> So what? Or did they actually, like, go by height instead of length? Oh! All right, I hate to interrupt this beautiful <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Welcome to the extra unordinary. Um, John, my buddy John, not John Ham, but my friend John. Wait, Matthew, would you say you're friends with John Ham though? Um, I've seen a films with him, but I would say we're, you know, I've said hello, we've talked to each other, that's about it. Okay, okay. Hi, hi, my buddy John. Are you on? 
think he was here a minute ago. I think he locked back out. Oh. It's kicking him off. Oh. Is it too many people? No. All right. Well, we get that figured out with John. Colin. Hello. Hey. Um, uh, I know you said you have you don't have much time, but uh, is there anything else like you want to just say about your time working on Baby Driver? Um, it depends on uh, what you want to know. It was definitely an interesting, you know, experience with the music. You know, trying to time everything out to music. Oh, um, was that? We're in earwig so that you would hear the song playing, so that everything could be timed specifically to. So, you know, when you were doing extras and when you were sending extras, you'd have to have sides, you know, which was the day, the day script. And you'd have to time everything out so that everything was perfect in line and in sync with what Edgar, you know, what Edgar was Whatever. So that's a, that's a very unique, you know, that's a very unique thing in terms of production to, to be doing it in that sense, you know. Not that, you know, things that, you know, music hasn't been done before, but it's, you know, to that level was, was exhausting. Yeah. It's it like a huge music video. Yeah. It was. It was a full feature music video. That's crazy. And it was reading online today that the take for Ansel going to get the coffee, which is like scene two, was 28 takes that they took. Does that seem about right? more than that. 30 takes? I feel like it was way more, yeah, because I was there that day, and it was, and we filmed that one scene. We rehearsed it a lot more than we shot it. I mean, I know for a fact we rehearsed it multiple, multiple times before shooting it. Wow. How much preparation was there going into it beforehand? Was it like you guys practiced the day before? Or was it like you had practice for like a week before? Like, I mean, everyone had, um, basically they were, they were given like videos that broke down shot by shot, line by line, you know, everything. So basically... You would watch the, you know, the, you'd watch the previs, and then the previs would really kind of dictate what you were doing, and we kind of matched the previs exactly the way, you know, that it was storyboarded out. That's incredible. Was there any chance of, like, um, since this is, like, such a meticulously plotted out movie, was there any point where kind of, like, any improvisation got to happen? Like, someone did something, and it looked really cool, so you stuck with it? Or was it very much, like, what was made is what was made? Kind of the opposite, basically, if someone did something that necessarily wasn't supposed to be done, that was quickly fixed, because, you know, Edgar had a very specific vision of how he wanted everything to be, um, which is actually refreshing, because a lot of times, you know, some directors don't have that, and they have, they're very, um, they're very broad strokes, whereas Edgar is very focused and very, uh, you know, he's super uh, detail-oriented, which is quite refreshing. That's wonderful. I, I can't imagine, like, having, like, that sort of stuff with you. Like, I guess it's kind of nice because you sort of have, like, a, a guideline of, like, this is what I have to do today. Like, oh, that's... It wasn't overwhelming at any point? Um, I mean, it's definitely challenging. Um, but it's kind of, like, what we do for a living. So you kind of, you know, you kind of prepare yourself. And, you know, planning is key. You know, that if you did feel overwhelmed, it was because... You know, something, you know, wasn't planned or something, you know, went away that, you know, definitely throws wrenches into the things. So, um, I mean, we did some things that were kind of unheard of, and even in Hollywood. I mean, we shut down an interstate, you know, I-85, 
Which is insane. I don't want this for that. Oh, oh my god. I bet that was that day that maybe, like, it was after the I-85. Like, it was after it got repaired and then it closed down again. Were you guys the reason I thought 85 collapsed again? Thanks a lot. Uh, you know, I, I can either, you know, deny or no, but, um, it's hilarious because you'd, like, open up, like, uh, waves or whatever. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, and literally, it was the funniest thing because it was all red. It was solid red line and it was just like yep that's because of us wow wow are you guys atlanta natives or are you guys from elsewhere uh i'm originally from pennsylvania uh, but the crew is from all over uh i lived in atlanta for like six years but you know we travel all over the country after orlando florida you're from orlando yeah okay are you back in orlando yeah where are you guys joining us from right now i'm from Atlanta beach oh okay uh, I'm actually just back in uh, Atlanta, Arkansas. I, was, I just got back from Arkansas for six months. Oh, wow. So that was quite fun. And were you working on a project in Arkansas, or were you just out there working on projects? Yeah, I was out building something. Uh, and I want to throw in the truth here for a second. Um, and just tell you, like, you were asking questions about the difficulty of it. Um, Colin, I've worked many movies with Colin, and he is a pro. I think if it was a new EPA, it would it, they would have had a really extreme difficult time because this movie did have so much more um, that it entailed um, as far as getting the job done for everybody. I think um, so. I think Colin himself is a lot harder on this one because he's such a pro and he's done so many films. But for him, he can handle it. And I think <laughs> really been hard, a hard deal. So which nice, what nice words. Yeah, same pleasure. I always. Love seeing you on set because it's always interesting. You know, you're very, very good at your job as well. So, and I, you know, huge, huge shout out to like all the '80s stuff, like Darren Prescott, you know, Michael Saunders, Marvin, those guys, and Regina Pearson, but the key second. There's a lot of very, 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 very talented assistant directors. We had an incredible crew. Like, I think that's part of what made that movie so well is because the crew was amazing. And you have to have an amazing crew to pull off a movie like this. It could have been a big flop. But because we had such an amazing crew, it, it made the movie into something really unique and wonderful. Yeah, that's so wholesome, you guys. <laughs> and we actually had the pleasure of speaking with Nick Moyer yesterday. Oh, yeah. Me, Nick Moyer. And they were saying you guys had like up to 40 PAs on some nights. But you guys oh, no, we had way more than that. That was that's a small number. We had. <laughs> I I know that one night I think we had either I think it was either a 78 or like it was like a high or like 90 something. Because we want we want wow. like Main Street of you know we want Main Street. I think it's P Street. Well, yeah, one of the million P Streets that are here. Oh, by Dragon Con. I think I know that street. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was, yeah. I mean, just finding the manpower to do something like that is is a feat in of itself, you know. There's just a lot of a lot of people. Yeah, we definitely had like a lot of PAs. And then there was there was one day where first unit wanted to do a shot, so we combined all the second unit PAs with all the main unit PAs, and it was one long, huge run so that they could get the speed and get the, you know, they get get the angles that they wanted, and, you know, that's, usually first and second units don't work together that well, and, you know, we did. 
You kind of have to, it seems like. It, it wouldn't have worked without that kind of meticulous teamwork. Right. All right. Okay. It's, it just sounds like such a thrilling experience. Yeah. Uh, but definitely one of my favorite stories. Oh yeah, just seems like it's a blast and a half to to experience that and have and just be able to work with the amazing cast that they had. Right. Is anybody a diva? Can you talk about that? Can we talk? Can we can we dish dish? <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I being on part of the stunt unit, I really didn't get to interact a lot with the cast. That was not wasn't really my that wasn't really my unit's thing. Okay. I interacted with the cast every day, but I do not I do not remember any divas. So, which is good, because usually on the film, there's a, on any given film, there's at least one diva. <laughs> and this one is really, I don't remember. Did you interact with Kevin Spacey at all? Because I know literally was about to ask that. There was media oh. hype that was going around about him um, just yeah. shortly ago, about how he likes to play tag. Um, certain parts of people's bodies. Don't get me going on that. <laughs> <laughs> he wants. He likes to play tab with certain certain parts of people's bodies. My yeah. uh, <laughs> We love you, Joe. We play tab with your body parts consensually, of course. Consensually. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's let's just say that uh, everybody on set was very well aware of what was going on. Very well aware. Because, yeah, I feel like the news sort of came out after Baby Driver. Yeah, but... Yeah, it came out right after it. So, did, right so, was it a, so it was common knowledge on set during filming? Very common knowledge. Oh, my God. Yeah, there have been rumors about it for years. Yeah. I had no idea. I, 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 it was something I didn't know about until literally the news broke. And then I was like, fuck, I really liked Baby Driver. Should, that shouldn't affect, though, because, I mean, he's such a small part of it. Like, yeah. We'll just, just take the pleasure in this. Take the pleasure in knowing that he got run over several times in the film. True. So. <laughs> that is true. He does get run over a couple of times. Yeah. His head goes squelched in all the right ways. Right. So that, that justifies it and makes it all right. All right. <laughs> Colin, before uh, you have to go, um, I want to have a roundtable discussion. Uh, I just have a question. The only rules to this is you can't answer with baby driver. You have to be a bit more creative. But what was your favorite movie that was shot in Atlanta? Um, I would say my favorite movie so far was shot in Atlanta would probably be Infinity War. Oh, yeah. It's a good-looking movie. Yeah, that. Colin, do you have more time for us? Um, I actually, sadly, I have to go. Sorry. No, it's totally fine. Thank you so much for taking the time and being here with us tonight. Nope, no problem. And it was nice to talk to you again, Matt. Uh, Joe, good to hear your voice, Pat. Well, it's good to hear from you, too. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for doing this for us. Yeah, for real. If you guys are in the city, we should all have beer, hang out, and chat. Yeah. Will you hit up Joystick? I, uh, let me know. Let me know a place. All right. Um, awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Colin. You the man. You the man. Matt. Matthew got tipped off. Oh. Um, 
He's got bad weather down there, so... Uh, I think he's calling again. Off, so you'll have to call him back, or he can call him, he can call you. Hey, Matt. You doing okay? Yeah, yeah, there was a bad weather storm thing came and it knocked me out. Are you getting lightning? Because I'm super jealous. Yes. Jealous! Storm, lightning, <laughs> craziness. Alright, uh, did you hear our roundtable question, Matt? I did not. Come down right when you said I have a roundtable. Great. Oh no, can you hear us? Oh no. John Vaughn. No, it keeps ending the call. Oh. Do you want me to call John? No, uh, John Vaughn. John, are you on? Hey, sorry about that. I, it's crazy weather's bad here. It keeps knocking me out. You're not by a window or anything, are you? You're being safe. Um, I actually just moved outside so I can get better reception. Ah! <laughs> okay, <laughs> guys, if we hear a crazy like, electricity sound, that is Matthew potentially dying for this podcast. So appreciate this art. Hey, I, I stand out quite as a metal hanger in my kid's battery reception. Yeah, you're going all the wild side? You get some cool oh, air yeah. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. We keep losing him. We keep losing Matt. Matt is in a dangerous, sticky situation. He's in Florida. He's in Florida. <laughs> so while we're trying to straighten all of this out, um, Infinity Wars, I did love it. Um, but I'm going to go with just the movie that I've watched the most that's been out of Atlanta, and that's actually been The Furious 7. I did not know that was Atlanta. Yep. Yeah, 5 and 7 were both filmed partly in Atlanta, so it wasn't like all of it, but they did do parts of it, uh, 5 and 7, both in Atlanta, and I've probably watched that on HBO a dozen times now. I did not know that. All right. And can't. Favorite movie, Atlanta movie. I'm not allowed to say Baby Driver. No, you gotta be creative. Oh, well then, fine. I'm gonna go with The Nice Guys. That was a good movie. That's a great movie. (laughs) It's a really funny movie. I think it's underrated. Like I, I I initially didn't want to see it because the premise of it didn't appeal to me. But then when I actually watched it, I was like, that was delightful. Why, why was I being so hesitant? It's also just so like hilariously like mean. It's like in Bruges, but American style. <laughs> and it's also yeah. like like the Russell Crowe thing. Hey, like, oh. you doing alright? Yeah. He plays that so well. He's the ghost of his career, right? Right, right. Matt, are you still there? I'm still here. Yay. Did you answer the question about what was your favorite movie? Where that was filmed in Atlanta? I'm sorry, what was it? Uh, what's your favorite movie that's not Baby Driver that was filmed in Atlanta? Oh, gosh, it was filmed in Atlanta. Uh, how about, uh, how about my favorite thing to work on? Does that count? Yes. Okay, I'm probably Insurgent. Okay. Um, yeah, that was a positive one. Wait, what did you say? Uh, the favorite movie to work on in Atlanta that was filmed in Atlanta. No, what was his name? Insurgent. Insurgent. Oh, thank you. Insurgent. Insurgent. Yeah, I don't know if I saw that one. It's one of the Divergent movies, right? Correct. Yeah. I, yeah, I haven't seen any of those. I, I don't think I'm sorry. Is that where we met? Oh, no, no, we met years before that. Did we? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm kind of play. Yeah, so I think I've actually known you for like eight years. So yeah, we've been before that. We'll Holy shit. Holy shit. That's a long time, y'all. Uh, we met when you, you were, you were going to do a TV show at one point. And yeah, I still have those script card. I had an interview. Yeah. About the TV show um, for uh, uh, Star from Eden. Oh, yeah, Joe's Coffee. Wow. 
That's awesome. Yeah, go eat it. Yeah. All right. John. Yes. Hi, welcome. Hi. Only well, we like a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all through the process. Um, so, uh, of course, we're talking about Baby Driver. This is your suggestion. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're obsessed. Right. It's a really good movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, and we have a tough question for you. Uh, besides Baby Driver, what is your favorite movie that was filmed in Atlanta? You know, it's really hard to pin down. Um, I'm gonna say it's a split between large chunks of Zombieland, which I'm pretty sure was filmed largely in Atlanta. Yes. And uh, and Yeah, various chunks of all of the Avengers movies. That's fair. I know superhero movies are cheesy, but I still love them anyway. So many of the MCU and so much of the MCU has been filmed in Georgia. Uh, and not only has it been really cool just to have that stuff filmed here, uh, there's been some political stuff that uh, having that that idea of a dollar sign attached to the film industry in Georgia has allowed us to uh, avert some very nasty situations from some misguided legislation. Yeah. Uh, it, that was due to no small part to the Avengers, but it was this is saying, look, you pass this, we're out. And it did. So, um, it's, it's cheesy, but in a serious it's, it's that for all of those reasons. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Alright, my turn. Uh, I think my favorite movie, and this is a movie we did a podcast episode on already. Uh, I, Tanya. Hi, Tanya. Oh, <laughs> and I, Tanya, is delightful. So I think I lied earlier when I said this was our first Atlanta movie because I forgot about Itania. Like, well, we could we could fudge it because a lot of Itania was shot. What wasn't enough towards Marietta? Yeah, which technically is Atlanta. Well, anyone from that's not from Georgia, literally the entire state. (laughs) (laughs) No, you've got Athens, Atlanta, and Macon, and that's it. About the cows, they got wild adventures. Yeah, oh my mean, god, what is this accent I just got? <laughs> what is my accent? <laughs> All right, okay, I think we can get uh, really started. Uh, John, just to fill you in, we had someone who was a PA on talking with us a little bit, and we went over a little bit with them on what they did, and we have. Uh, John Hamm's uh, body double on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Trust me. One of the questions I do have to ask you, Matthew, um, John Hamm's voice, is it as sexy in person as it is in film? Did we lose Matthew again? We may have. (laughs) Is he still in Australia? No, he's in Florida and has bad phone reception. Uh, yeah, they're having a storm down there. So I think we I think we may have lost him, but we had John Hamm's stun double, body double. Standard. Yeah, I kicked him off again. He just texted me. Hello. Hello. Hey. You have my phone number now, friend. Be my friend. You have my phone number now, friend. Be my friend. Alright, sounds good. 
Sweet. All right, let's see if this works. We got you on speaker. We're chilling. Let's do this. All right. So, Baby Driver, it is directed by Edgar Wright. It stars Ansel Escort. Escort? I don't think that's how you pronounce his name. How the fuck do you pronounce Matthew, his name? Matthew, do you want to help us? God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Ansel Elgort. Stop the words. Yeah, escort. I guess we know what you want. <laughs> He's a formidable man. Yeah, which Ansel actually worked with us, me and Matthew, on Insurgent also. And Divergent. Is he in those? Yeah. Yeah, he was the little sister of Shailene Woodley, our little brother. Yeah. Yeah, he was. So, I'm so sorry if you tell your buddy's name. It's Georgia. It's in Georgia. It also stars Lily James, John Hamm, John Hamm's Anaconda. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm never going to stop being able to say that. <laughs> it's a really fun conversation. You really did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, it's, it also stars John... Berthenau? Yeah, John Berenthal. Berenthal. What is his name? Shane. Shane from Walking Dead. Another Atlanta-based series. Yeah. Punisher. Oh, yeah. Punisher. At the very tail end of Kevin Spacey's career. (laughs) You know, as much as, like, we are going to talk about how she sucks a little bit, but I do have to say this is one of my favorite movies with him in it. Yeah. This might be up there. We still saw it between being a good editor and a good person. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to ask. So I love House of Cards. Yeah. I just want to throw out there, too. I love Kevin Spacey's work. Yeah, I love American Beauty. I like the acting ethic. Yeah, can we still watch his movies now, or do you have to stop? Like, what's, what's the protocol? I mean, I still watch. Oh. I still watch Roman Polanski's stuff. Hello. Welcome back. We're going to try this baby driver style. I'm going to drive around looking for a session while I talk. <laughs> <laughs> I might do a little few donuts and peel outs and all that good stuff while we're on the road. Okay, as long as you with the movie. Yeah, as long as you describe it in full detail. Okay, cool. That's fine. <laughs> and you'll be able to hear the cop sirens, I guess, if I get pulled over. Well, no, you'll just lose them. It's, it's a noble sacrifice. Just get pulled over. Just keep going. Oh, crap, one. <laughs> yeah, just don't get pulled over, <laughs> Joe says. Just keep driving. <laughs> just keep driving forever until you're out of Florida and then you're out of their jurisdiction. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's Georgia's problem. True. Or wait, you're in Daytona, right? Just drive yes. down to Miami. They don't give a shit there. <laughs> yeah, they don't give a shit down there. <laughs> Is Joe doing housework? I think Joe. Joe, are you folding your laundry? Yes. I'm multitasking. That's fine. This is fine. Absolutely. But thank you for your sacrifice and being willing to drive and podcast at the same time. Definitely. I'm so sorry that, that the storms keep knocking me out. No, it's totally fine. Thank yeah, you it's so much for, like, bearing with us and being, like, still, like, willing to call us back instead of, like, fuck these guys. Yeah, to be like, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out, like. Yeah, by the 12th drop, I wouldn't blame you for not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, okay, so we, we hit our round table. Where do we want to go next? Do we just kind of want to jump in, freeform, or do you have... You know what? This is really, like, uh, you know, we do have a lot of people working on. It's very casual. Like, usually, uh, I like to, like, say, like, what everybody likes about the movie. But instead, why don't, uh, why don't we just, like, talk about Atlanta first and how Atlanta is a character in that movie? Oh, definitely. I mean, if you... If you've been to Atlanta and lived in Atlanta, you know all of the scenes that they draw attention to. Like, having, like, moved here, like, like this was the first movie that I saw where I was like, I know these places. And it really helped me connect to the story in a way that I haven't. Like, I know we have other movies that are made here, but they're not supposed to be here. Like, this movie is the yeah. same. When I was seeing Black Panther. You know the ones that are supposed to be? Like in the first season of Walking Dead, they do a shot down 85. And it's so clearly not 85 in any way, shape, or form or fashion. And it's sorry, because they filmed it here. So they, they had to edit it to make it not look like 85. Then we have stuff that is filmed here, that's supposed to be here. Usually we don't get that level of recognition uh, in, in something. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Well, like, when they, when you guys were shooting in that scene, um, well, Matt, I guess you were the one working on it, um, but when you guys were doing the pastry scene, like, that's the fucking food court at Dragon Con. Like, I've been yeah. drunk off my fucking ass there, like, a couple years in a row, like. <laughs> I've gotten drunk in that view. Yeah. Like, it's. Oh, that's great about that this movie is, they said, hey, this is Atlanta, you know, it's. Versus other films trying to be somewhere else and, you know, shooting in Atlanta pretending somewhere else. You know, this is Atlanta pretending to be Atlanta, you know. So yeah. it was pretty cool. Do you guys feel like that was a little bit of a love letter to the, the city? I'm sorry, could you repeat yourself? You kind of disappeared. Um, do you kind of feel like the movie itself ends up sort of being a little bit of a love letter to the city? Um, I guess so. Awesome. So I mean, they just they divorced in LA and then kind of moved over. <laughs> Is this recording? <laughs> Is this the dating process? Is the other woman? She's a southern woman with southern charm. Well, she's got that in spades with her southern hospitality. <laughs> well, shit. I'm going to brag on our. You know, I already bragged about our crew, but the deal is this, like, the local crew, uh, I guess it is a southern state thing, but they're extremely, um, they're, they're friendly, they're nice, they're great to work with, and, and I love LA people, I have LA friends, but they're a little more, you know, focused on the job, they're not as curious or cordial as the Atlanta people, you know, it's just, it's just, I think the Atlanta people, a lot of the guys, you know, they, they grew up with a different... I don't know, maybe it's the Southern hospitality thing or not. And I'm not just saying that because I'm from the South, because I'm not. I mean, I'm from Orlando, that's not the South. Yeah. Oh, God, no. It's, it's um, but it is, it, it's, you can tell a difference on the set. Um, just, it's, they know there's a job to do, they're great at their job, but there's also a friendly and friendliness to it that I think you find in Atlanta that you may not find shooting in other cities that I really like. I and you can tell that on almost every set because there's usually X amount percentage of LA people or X amount percentage of Atlanta people because they have to hire locals too. And the way that people conduct themselves on set, you can almost pick out 
after watching people for about 20 minutes who's from Atlanta and who's from LA because of that too. Exactly. Well, Right. 
Ooh. Well, so you told us about Anaconda, which I'm just never going to forget about, ever. Yeah, what does John Hamm smell like? What the fuck, Addison? <laughs> well, to be honest, I, I, it, it was a distinct smell, kind of like pepper. Okay. Like yeah. black pepper or like a bell pepper? More like a spice, a spicy, uh, uh. <laughs> Book for us. What's the name of your book? Where can we find it? Can we read it? Do you want us to? This one is called The Pain. 
Pan, Experiencing Neverland, and it's about Peter Pan, um, but it's more of a, it's not a child's book, it's more of a teenage adventure kind of um, book, so it's, um... Is it like Lord of the Flies? Because that's awesome. I'm sorry, what was that? Is it like Lord of the Flies? Um, a little bit. Quite yes! There's a couple scenes like that, like Lord of the Flies. So it's, um, but yeah, you can get it on at Barnes & Noble, uh, online, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com, and um, I actually have a few more that um, I'm currently pitching right now to publishers and stuff. So. That's awesome. I, too, am a writer awesome. of things. I what love kind of it. Stuff do you uh, I'm actually working on a novel about magic, like witches, wizards. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I've been working on it for like three years. There's going to be about five books. That's the way they sell. You know, they want the tr- minimum of a trilogy. Yeah. Um, that's good. Don't pull George R. R. Martin, though. Don't finish him. Right. I'm working, like, backwards. Okay, smart. Smart. I know. And don't pull the, uh, um, the Divergent series where you kill off the main character in the last one and everybody hates you forever. Is that what they did? Yeah. The, the final film didn't get yeah. out because everybody was, well... The third film bombed. There was supposed to be a fourth film from the third book, and people didn't like the ending. And, and um, yeah, so the last film never got made. Although it was in production, it was starting to do production, it got shut down like two weeks before production. Wow. People did not want to see that movie. No. Yeah, well, they, nobody wants to see their hero die. Nah. It's not a good way to end it. Um, I actually, going back to my Peter Pan novel, I actually had a scene uh, in my earlier version where I had Nana the dog die, and there was like an outcry of my preview readers, like, you cannot kill a dog, that's that's evil, it's wrong, you can kill a person, but don't kill a dog. Oh, yeah. And I I changed it, where the dog no no, 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 no longer dies. I mean, I'm glad they told you that, because that would be so sad. Doing what we do, we have to act out the same parts as the um, 
actors themselves, and you know they wanted us to know the lines for it and everything, and so we had to time it up with the music, everything we did. So it was pretty cool. Wow, it's just so incredible. It's it came out so fantastic. Like really, all that effort, all that work, like it pays off in fucking spades. All right, Kat, why don't you? Let's do John since he yeah yeah John. He actually took mine. My favorite thing was how the music was choreographed and how it was handled in the movie. How it was just so wildly persistent, and not even just the music, um, and just the sounds, the way they worked his tinnitus. Uh, it's it's hard to pronounce tinnitus, but I can't keep myself from saying tinnitus. Um, how they how they uh, even handled his tinnitus in certain scenes, or the volume when they uh, had his single earbud out of his ears. The, the sound of the entire movie was carefully managed, synced, and altered. Even in, the, even in the arenas where they were simply just playing music as you walk around, uh, without, seemingly without any sort of CGI, uh, alterations were done to the environment to show lyrics or similarities to the song. And the just consistent persistence of that was. Protagonist 
who, you know, he's an orphan, who has a tragic backstory, and, you know, has this quirk about them that makes them really valuable to people. And, you know, they want to get out of it and go away and they meet, like, their true love. A waitress they've known for 42 hours. Right. Yeah, but she's the damn finest waitress Atlanta has to offer. Um, fucking excuse me, I waited at California Pizza Kitchen for a year. But you're not a waitress in Atlanta anymore. You know, if I can't find a job, I might be. Well, then you'll become the hottest waitress in Atlanta. Cool story. She, yeah, she's English, and she yeah. had to learn to talk Southern like that. And her double and stand-in uh, is a true Southern girl from Alabama, and they paid her to teach. Uh, to teach the Deborah character how to talk like that, and it was the funniest thing watching them on set, watching this English girl learn how to talk like that. It was hilarious. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if it was easier for her to pick that up because of, um, you know, in sort of the British vernacular, you have that elongated vowels. Like, right. I've noticed when I go to England, I inadvertently pick up that lengthening of the vowels over there. I'm like, hello. And I'm like, Why am I talking like this? Detroit's white voice and sorry to bother you was Lily James. I did not know that. Yeah. Also check out our Sorry to Bother You podcast coming out sometime soon. It'll be out by the time you see this. Awesome. But yeah, I think we're all in agreement about what makes this movie great. Oh yeah. So there is one thing we haven't touched on since three of us touched on how awesome the music was. How are you going to get to go? Oh, well, there you go. And then I'll put this on at the end if you don't mention what I think. I don't know if I will, but, um, I probably won't, but I'm still going to talk about it anyway. So, um, I honestly enjoyed a lot of the characters themselves. Um, I really, really liked the characterization of John Hamm's character, and I forget the actresses who plays his wife's name. Um, do you remember her name, Matt? Um, yes, I do. And that's what you said anyway out of my head. Of um, course. I'll keep talking and it'll come back to you. Just close it out. God, it was not a good couple. They were a great couple. But I like that they gave him this, like, really raunchy, like, sexy romance. And they, like, had genuine affection for each other, like, when she dies. And he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Like, I really enjoyed that. I liked... I know, I know we have feelings about Kevin Spacey, but can we just talk about Kevin Spacey as his character and not as him? Okay, great. But We're like, going to bring up Kevin Spacey as a person. He, like, he is, you know, manipulative, and he is using this kid, but he does have, like, a genuine, somewhat affection for him, even if it's only on the what-can-this-kid-get-me level. And at the end, he surprises everyone by helping them to get away, which you don't, like, which I wouldn't have expected from, like, what is supposed to be essentially, like, a mob boss. Like, yeah. mob bosses don't be like, I was in love once, here's the fucking keys to the castle and get out. Like, that never happens. And then the scene where um, they all freak out because they found out he's been recording them, and they play this beautiful gem. Like, did anybody else die when this came on? Because I started fucking dying. Because it was so funny, and it's so clever, and it's so good. Like, did, did anyone else have that happen? Like, where they just started chuckling and laughing like this? This movie, like, is 
so beautiful and it's made so well, but it's also like not afraid to like poke fun yeah. itself a little bit. Right. Totally. I really enjoyed that. Sorry, I also just really like the Izzy Slow song. <laughs> I listened to it on the reg. So the soundtrack in this movie is fucking amazing. Yeah, it is. So right. John, did I touch what you were talking about? You did not. Alright, bring it up, bitch. Which is cool. Um it's just not just the driving, but how they actually plotted courses through actual Atlanta for the courses. Um, it was a huge uh, source of viral posts after the movie. They were like, by the way, I plotted out the course. Because most of the time when they do movies like this, they just take the best shots. They, they just get a shot in this place that works, a shot in the next place that works, and then they all just make it work in post. So it looks like chasing people in extra tracks. This movie, and they were 90, 95% legitimately a path you could drive through Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and one of the, I saw one, and the only part they skipped was like uh, a good 30 seconds on the interstate because it would have been boring. And that's, that's all they skipped. The, the, the exit they took was still on the plot that they took. And, and that level of detail and consistency is just amazing. Agreed. You really got to be a part of something magical, Matt. Awesome. You lucky duck. Yeah, it really was. I was, uh, you know, I've done about 30 films, and that one is definitely in my top three. Wow. If I'm, if I'm, getting, if I'm having friends over and we don't know what to do, I will get them drunk and watch this movie, and I'll just watch their faces light up. It's like, I... I had friends over last, uh, not last week, two weeks ago. Like, no, we've never seen that. Like, when you guys work in Atlanta, let's watch this. And they're literally feeling out of one point. That's my working deck. Aww. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm not proud of saying this, but I parked in that parking garage. <laughs> yeah. I vomited in by that building. The top six sits of Grand Dragon Con, don't judge me. Hey, fucking Max, I, I was hung over dressed as Winter Soldier in that food court. Please. Please. <laughs> We've all been in various parts of this movie, and that just makes it great for Atlanta people to say they can just point the movie, but wait a minute, I have stood there. Yeah, it's always great to do that, and it's especially great because, like, as we said before, it's not Atlanta trying to be another city, it's Atlanta as Atlanta. Right. Because, you know, like, I remember watching Black Panther, and when it cut to, like, the high museum... It was supposed to be some high-end museum in London. Like, our audience cracked up. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it's the high museum. Like, we all... Let's all get high at the high. Yeah. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Love you, Kat. <laughs> I don't take it back, though. You know. Yeah. But, yeah, so having a movie that's, like, shot in Atlanta, and it's... A supposed to be actually Atlanta is, is kind of a rarity, because it's always New York, London, Boston. Fuck New York! You love New York. They shot a pilot called, like, Detroit 918 or something like that in Atlanta. <laughs> it was, the name of the movie, or name of the show was Detroit. I can think of no feasible areas <laughs> where they look at all similar <laughs> states. 
I guess, except for maybe, like, the factory side of town. Yeah. But I had someone, actually, it was, like, really depressing with someone who's from Detroit, and he, like, has moved, he moved there to here about, he said, like, seven or eight years ago, and he was, like, the population of Detroit now is, like, after being, like, you know, one of the most populous cities in America is, like, under 200,000. Wow. Wow. And it's, like, he said, like, so many of the houses are empty. Like, it's, you have, like, one, one house someone's living in on a whole street. That's insane. That is insane. I have several friends that work in crew that are from Detroit that had to come down here for work about seven, eight years ago, and they love it here, so. Yeah, I'm glad Atlanta's a nice thing. Ooh! Um, well, here, since we're talking about Atlanta, Buzz Marketing! What are some of y'all's, like, favorite places? Yeah. I love the Atlanta. Yeah, and Atlanta. Joe said the vortex. I agree with Joe. Little Five Points is amazing. All of Little Five Points. Um, I do, yes, I do prefer the vortex at Little Five Points. I'm all about uh, Decatur. I love Decatur. I love Love Decatur! Decatur. (laughs) John, what about you? You know, I don't know. I've, I've got little places I like kind of all over the place. Uh, I don't get around often enough to really put one well above the other. I guess that's fair. Yeah, could you name a couple if you feel comfortable? Oh, yeah, there's Joystick. Um, and I go to the Peachtree Center for DragonCon every year. Will I see you, will I see like you at DragonCon? Are any of you guys going to DragonCon? Oh, yeah, we've got like six costumes lined up for DragonCon. Bitch, find me on Friday! <laughs> it's my sure. birthday. I'll be down there on Thursday. Okay, yeah, no, my birthday's Friday. Find me and drink with me. Sure. Matt, are you coming to Dragon Con? I'm terrified of crowds. Oh. Oh, yeah, that makes it really hard. Yeah, that makes it impossible. Right. Okay. I know people who have managed it, but they, they literally stop in the middle to take anxiety naps in the room. <laughs> Seriously. Boy, it's rough. I would, uh, if you come up, I can introduce you to my cat-watching purse, perch, where there's only, like, three people, and you just watch the sea of everyone and make fun oh, of that's them. Awesome. I love that. That's, that's, cool. that's my favorite spot. Joe, are you coming down, or are you staying up north? Uh, I'll probably stay up here for a while. I don't know if I'll come back there or move somewhere else, or I don't know. I have no plans at the moment. Just kind of hanging out here for a little bit. I guess that's fair. Come down for a dragon run sometime, though. Oh, I love Dragon Con. Every year that I was down there, I went just to the parade, just to see all the costumes and the cosplay and everything. I loved it. Dude, I have to give props to any of the people who get hurt in that parade, because I know they've been drinking all day the day before <laughs> and that night, and they still wake up and fucking ass drag it on. They make a point to shake it easy on Friday. I have been invited to join them, and I have told them no. Yeah, like, why would I punish myself? <laughs> Yeah, the, the pirates are always the hardest crew. They can they they have to stop drinking girls hard, and then they go through the whole parade in full coats, and they're drinking through the whole parade. Wait, are these people the talk about it because they're the pirates? Wait, are these the same pirates from the Ren Fair? Yes. Oh my God! I need to see them this year. There's two different groups: uh, the Pirates Guild and Nocturnal, uh, and they both participate in both arenas. They they do events all across Atlanta. I joined uh, the Pirates Guild at one point for just like a pirate day in the uh, in Fur Bank. 
Whereas if you had a pirate costume, you could show up, uh, get into the museum for free, and then play with kids, and then, you know, they go, to, they go to the museum and play with kids dressed as a pirate. That sounds awesome. That Fern sounds the best. Awesome. Can I vote Fernbeek as one of my favorite places? Go for it. There's a cat! Sorry, I saw Joe's cat. <laughs> Alright, um, I'll say my favorite place. Uh, I like the Fox Theater. Yeah, what did cool. I just see at the Fox? Oh, Janelle fucking Monet! Or no, it was the Tabernacle. What did I see at the Fox? I saw Hamilton at the Fox recently. Oh, I saw Mastodon at the Fox. Oh, Mastodon's so good. Mastodon is All right, so good. Another Atlanta favorite. So many things are Atlanta. Alright, uh, next time I won't be a Gen Con this year, but hopefully when I come back in a couple of years, I will be selling my own books and merchandise. Cool. There you go. I'm still not going to forgive you for not coming for my birthday this year. Alright, uh, we have Monique joining us. She was a PA, right, Joe? Yeah, she was actually stand-in for Elsa. Elsa? Okay, cool. Double. Yeah, she worked with Matthew a lot. Okay. Oh, hey, buddies, we're reuniting friends. All right, uh, John, if you can hold on one second, I'm going to get in Monique. Sure. Are you still driving safe out there, Matt? Three. Let's see if he calls me back. Money? Hello. Hey. Hey, is, this is Addison. If you hold on one second, I'm going to merge you and we'll have you jump in. Okay, so not on Skype? Uh, just the phone. Okay, perfect. All right. Hold on one moment. Oh, I got a new phone number. Hello? Hello? Hello, it's a new phone number, so I was like, is this still Matt? I'm so sorry. Are you still driving? Yes, uh, yeah, I pulled over for a while and I lost reception again. Oh. Uh, storm, so. But I had an AT&T and I'm on Verizon, so hey. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Is Monique on? Yeah. Hey, Monique, how you doing? I'm awesome, how are you? Doing well. It's been a while. I haven't seen you in forever. I know. Literally forever. <laughs> Alright, Monique, why don't you uh, explain what you did on the set of Baby Driver and your work and your work relationship with Matt? So, on Baby Driver, I was a stand-in and a photo double for Ava Gonzalez. And I don't know if Matt already had the chance to explain what that means. But basically, when you stand in, um, you just have to be a similar height and have like similar similar hair and skin tone to the actor, and you basically have to act what they acted out while they're adjusting light and focus. And when you're photo doubling, you have to look like them close enough so that people that are watching the movie can't tell that it's not them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Very specific. Yeah. So Matt and I have been in a lot of movies, but people don't know that it's us. Right. Do you kind of feel like a secret star? You're like, yeah, that's me. Hey, yeah, that's my angle. Oh, yeah, funny is like, we draw lots together. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's, it's funny it's how you really mentioned tight. angle because the only Marvel movie that I worked on is was Ant Man. 
and my ankle is the only thing that you see in the entire film. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't hear that story. Yeah, I had to drop my pants all afternoon to get one shot of him stripping down getting into the tub. That's hilarious, though. That's too funny. <laughs> um, so, if there's been, like, two or two asked, like, how many movies have you guys made together? Um, several. So, I think the first one was Let Me Cops. Okay, cool. Say that again? I just said, yeah, I, I, I forgot that. Yeah, we worked on Lucky Cops, and then we worked on Baby Driver. And what else have we worked on, Matt? I feel like it's been a way more. It has been way more, but I can't remember. There's been so many off and on films. But so, I think they learned how to stand it because Matt taught me. Oh, really? Yeah. That was the, the person that took the time to teach me how to be a good stand-in. Aw, thanks. Aww. That is one of the best stand-ins, um, like, in the entire industry. Matt's written a book on it, which is really, really good if you want to check that out. I think it's still available. Um, but Do you know the name of it, Joe? When we worked in casting, we would give them the link to Matthew's book because it was so well-written. And it's Aww, exactly thanks. what we were looking for and how to do the job. Wow. He is, is that he was able to train a lot of our standards that we would bring in that were newbies right there on the spot and just give them, here's the book, and just listen, do what Matthew tells you. Wow. That's incredible. Monique, did you get to read the book? Or are you just yeah. learned from the best? Hands on. No, no, I was so nervous. I had no idea what I was doing. It's very different if you're supposed to add the extra and they just tell you what to do and it's very simple versus like being prepared and being good at your job. And so I was, you know, paranoid and freaking out and Matt was like, don't worry, this is the link to my book. It was very affordable. And I think I read maybe like in one day. It was a very easy read. And it really helped me because it taught me like what to bring in my bag, what to listen for, who to on set. And, um, that made my job so much easier. I wasn't stressed about, you know, am I doing this right or not. It was very enjoyable after that. That's so awesome. Um, do you have any, like, cool stories from working on Baby Driver? You go first, Matt. <laughs> oh, I, I already <laughs> heard my stories at your time. We heard about Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> no, is it Hamaconda? Hamaconda! <laughs> Sorry, that was excited clapping, everyone. Because <laughs> I am a child. I'm, I'm putting in the description of this episode, we talk about John Hamm's death. No, can, can we say the title of Hamaconda? We <laughs> might do that. Hamaconda, a baby girl driver discussion. <laughs> no, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> no, Monique, please. Story. I guess one of the coolest things about Baby Driver is that the girl that I stood in for, um, I already knew her from, like, I knew who she was from Mexico because she was very popular in telenovelas. I grew up in Mexico. Okay. So it was really okay. cool to actually be able to work with her. That is so cool. Did you get to, like, have, like, a fangirl moment of, like, I've been watching you since I was a child and I love you? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, from the beginning, she was, like, you know, very serious about her job. She was there to work. She wasn't really there to socialize. But I had 
probably after like the second or third day, I had a chance to talk to her, and she didn't even know that I spoke Spanish, and was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool, and, you know, it was cool to be able to work with her after seeing her as a child back in Mexico. Wow. Wow. Did you guys get to, like, talk, talk Spanish, like, get to, like, gossip in Spanish? Yes. Awesome! <laughs> yeah. Did you talk about other people on set in Spanish behind their back so they wouldn't know that you were talking about them? You know what? That is like a thing that people that don't speak Spanish think that we do. We uh-huh. don't. We just talk about normal stuff, but we do it in Spanish. We never, well, at least I'm never talking about other people. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. But, um, I don't know if Matt told you guys about the stunt. Um, we got to sit in the car while Jeremy was driving. And so in one of the getaway scenes, we're photo doubling. And it's like insane driving, going really fast and speeding up and down downtown Atlanta. And that's us in the car. So that was a pretty cool. Wow. That is so fucking yeah. cool. Was it? Yeah, I had you, <laughs> you had an anxiety attack? Was it scary? Well, like being trapped in the car and. Like, I get motion sickness. And oh, no. Yes. <laughs> Did they take extra yeah. safety precautions for you guys, though, being in the back seat? Just in case something goes wrong with the car? Did you guys, like, get to wear helmets with, like, wigs on top of them so they, <laughs> something happened? Or 10 different no. seat belts? Or, or the safety airbags all over? Or anything? It wasn't the same as me. The horrible helmet. I mean, the horrible haircut. <laughs> Yeah, since we were photo doubling, you can't really, like, you know, look like you're wearing all this protective gear. So I had a, a wig on, and Matt had his hair cut, and we, like, were, we had the tattoos that they had and everything. And uh, I'm not even sure if they used that in the movie. I don't recall. But, I mean, it was fun. It was, to me, it wasn't scary at all. It was uh, really cool to be able to sit in the car with one of the best stunt drivers in the world. Yeah, that's so incredible. Like, yeah, I'm assuming that's not something that you guys get to do every day. That's that's even even amongst like the film stuff. That's that's a fun opportunity. Yeah. Do you think they ever go sideways with any of the stunts or standards that you guys did? Mm-hmm. What's that? Did anything ever go sideways with any of sort of the, the stunts you guys were in the car for, or any of the standards that you did? Um, not while we were in the car, but definitely, like, uh, there were a few wrecks. Uh, uh, actually, I think we were in the car once we broke a wheel, weren't you, uh, when we were going for the bank? Or no, you and I both were the two that were not in the car that time. Yeah, I wasn't in the bank scene, so I didn't get to go to that scene that day, but I heard that there was that wreck, and then there was another wreck when they just had all the extras' cars parked. Yeah. And, um, unfortunately, one of the extra cars got, like, and it was a brand new car. Oh, wow. But the good thing about all of these things is that they have, like, the best insurance, and they also have, like, the best safety for office, so, like, nobody's sitting in their car while their safety's done, you know? It's just a parked car, and this girl got a brand new car because it's covered by yeah. insurance. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, let's see, Money, do you have any, like, funny stories you can tell us? Funny stories. Like, someone let, like, a really bad part, like, when it was a super serious scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't know if I have like crazy funny stories. What's really cool to me is that I still get to see a lot of the people that I worked with on that film on different things. Mm. Um, so it's, it's really cool to like, you know, keep running into nice people because everybody on that set was like super nice. Um, Monique, did you get to work with John Hamm at all too? Oh, yeah. Okay. I I did not even speak around him. He's just so attractive. I know, right? Um, is he as attractive in person? Is it? It's not all camera work. Oh no, he's he's incredibly attractive in person. Probably even is more it? than on camera. Wow, is his voice just as sexy in person <laughs> as it is on film. Because I yeah. feel like his voice is the equivalent of Nick Jonas's eyes. What <laughs> a weird, weirdly specific descriptor, but I like it. <laughs> Yes, he's very sexy. He he wasn't very like you know upbeat or anything because I feel like he's method and he was just in character all the time. Um, so he wasn't very chatty. But I got to sit in the car with them several times while you know they would take her out of the car to like adjust her makeup or if she had to go to the restroom. So every time she wasn't in the car, I would have to go sit in the car with them with Angel and. Um, John Hamm, and I would sit next to John Hamm and just freak out the entire, like, 10 minutes. Aww. Yeah. All you did was sit next to him. You had a fully role acceptable reason to be all over. Yeah, I'm in character. I'm in character. I'm a method stick. Ansel, don't look, you're a child. <laughs> yeah, that was. That would have been the perfect excuse. I mean, that's his standard. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Goodness gracious, they were all over. Is there a policy on hitting on your coworkers? Is there a chapter on that in your book, Matt? I'm listening, you guys. Oh, no. no. Um, if you could, can you hear us now? I can hear you now, yes. Um, are there, is there a chapter on how to handle staring at your sexy co-worker, is there a chapter on that in your book? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Revised edition, coming out 2020. <laughs> I'm sorry. sexy voice, this is funny because I don't know if it was just, well, I work, I've done several films with him, but it's like for some reason off camera. He thinks it's funny to talk in a gay voice, and he does it on purpose just to be funny. He's like, oh, so, you know, it's like, so, girl, and, and it's like, it's <laughs> funny to see John Hamm use that kind of voice. Uh, does he do the gestures? He quite a bit, and I don't know if it was to be funny for a off or what. I did not notice that voice at all. I just saw the sexiness and the sultry and the hotness. Well, did you even hear him speak, or were you just having, like, like the leaves playing in your <laughs> I was just in stand in heaven, just I mean, all I could hear were like angels singing like ah. yeah. Like, I didn't hear any of the weird voice that Matt was talking about. <laughs> awesome. Oh my god, you guys. That just sounds like a red blast, and it really sounds like you guys, um, especially I mean, I'm sure it could be different, but it sounds like you two have really gotten to like form, like, a really wonderful, like, friendship, and it sort of seems like, uh, in your community, everyone's sort of rooting for each other, like, you're looking out to see what other projects people are working on, you're, like, excited for them, and that's just so beautiful to, like, have that sort of, like, everyone sort of lifting each other up, and it's so nice to get to hear you guys, like, sort of talk and share that. Right, yeah. And I really appreciate you guys. It's a small community. Yeah, actually, can I ask a dumb question? Please don't judge me. Um, so you guys are doing the, like, 
body doubles and the photo stand-ins, is it just you guys or are there multiple people who play that role, who stand in? Um, there, it, it, like each film, if it's a lead character, and mm-hmm. it also depends on the budget, but a lead character roles, usually they have a photo double and a stand-in. Um, okay. So it's, it's all the major films, as long as it's a major character, they usually have one. Um, some that have a smaller budget, they'll just have two people, two or three people. Um, I've been blessed to, uh, um, uh, like, I'm the most average man in America, and the average height, average weight, average look. So, uh, you know, I, I get a lot of work um, based on the fact I'm so average. <laughs> you are awesome. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> and you're awesome too, Monique. I was just going to say that for me, it um, it just depends because, like, I remember on, on one occasion there were, like, three of us that were all dressed up like her because there was a step double, and they had another body double from her for second unit, so it just depends on what the production needs. Okay. Because, yeah, you were saying, that's kind of why I asked, because you were talking about the bank scene and how you weren't there for the day, and I was like, but wait, if she's standing in as the body double, where was she? But there was, I guess, someone else for that scene. Yeah, and, uh, like John had uh, one day there was four of us doubling for him. Um, wow! You had one guy that was uh, driving the car um, in a car chase scene. Another guy that was jumping off a cliff um, that he falls off in the end. Um, oh! Um, there, actually, that scene did. I think that scene did not spoiler alert. But. Um, we're all doing spoilers. <laughs> and then there was another double that did another driving thing uh, on second unit. And then I did all the uh, up-close photo double shot with hands and feet and all that stuff. So four of us were dressed like him. And it was hilarious because, like, the the guy who falls off the cliff thing, um, or the, the park ride thing, he was, like, he was the shortest. And then it went me. And then there was a guy two inches taller than me. And then the, the one guy that was in the car was, like, 6'4". Well, John was 6'2". So it was, like, all lined up together. Like, we were, like, this all different heights, which you're supposed to match. But it was just, it was hilarious. You were a Wi-Fi signal. Yeah, basically. You know, whatever. Like, cause one guy was great with falling. One guy's great with chasing cars. One guy's great with, um, you know, just whatever the need is. So, yeah, so you'll have several doubles. On set. And there was, also, there was one day where they had another girl that was um, the photo double for the blonde girl. I'm, I'm really back at names, I'm sorry. And so, since she was photo doubling on another scene, they had me stand in for her. So, they also sometimes will like rotate us around however they need a, a person to stand in, you know? Interesting. Do you guys ever. They need to- did they need to wig you for that since you were not blonde? It depends on the production. Since it was only like for an hour because she was on her way, like they were preparing her to photo double for something else and they knew that she would be there. Um, they didn't worry about it too much. But like some, I've stood in for men. I, when I stood in on Constantine, I was like every character working that day. That So, you know, you can be utility. But on other sets, like all the Marvel sets, every time that I go, they want me to match exactly, so they'll wig me. Interesting. That's yeah. really cool. Entirely up to the DP. Yeah, yeah. Marvel takes things extra seriously from everything I've read. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they just try, they try to account for anything, including, like, all, including paparazzi sneaking off the set trying to get, get random shots for spoilers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 
ex-boyfriend, he got kicked off of uh, Spider-Man and Black Panther for making a dumb security joke. Oh, oh no. What What was the joke? Um, I think it was something about cell phone cameras. There, he was like, hey, if you don't leave your cell phone cameras where they're supposed to be, uh, Mickey Mouse is going to come after you. Oh, wow. And he got kicked off? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's true, but you can't say it. <laughs> and doesn't Disney own them now? So technically, <laughs> oh yeah, Disney's mountain. Oh, what was it like? Forty percent market share. Very serious. <laughs> it's like that episode of South Park with the Jonas Brothers. Oh my god! <laughs> He's like beating the shit out of him. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. Uh, so, back on track to the movie. Did you guys prank anyone? I'm sorry, one last off-track question. Did you guys ever, like, prank anyone with, like, a glitch in the Matrix thing, Matrix thing, where, like, the four of you all still dressed as the same person, like, go out to, like, the same restaurant? <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> royalty. royalty. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Yeah. That is so awesome. All right. Yeah. To finish up the discussion of Baby Driver, because we've been going at it for about an hour and a half. All of you guys are fantastic human beings. Yeah. Like, Monique, since you uh, jumped in, uh, tell us what you really like about the movie, the final product, and, like, seeing your hard work, like, transfer to the screen. Well, I guess what I really liked was the fact that I saw how much hard work was put into it, not just by me, but, like, but by everybody. And there are a lot of scenes that I didn't get to see how they were made. So it was really nice being able to see, like, everybody dancing together. Like, when we would go to lunch, the actors would go rehearse the choreography for the scenes, and, like, a lot of really hard work was put into it. So being able to see that, you know, product is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, and then just knowing that I was there every day while that was getting made was, uh, was like, extra special. So. Yeah, that's so nice. That is so nice. Actually, um, since I asked everyone this earlier, Monique, are you in a, um, you said you were from Mexico? Um, where, are you living in the South now? Do you live in LA? Like, where are you in the, in the, in the wild world? I was born in California, but I grew up in Mexico. Okay. So I've been in Atlanta for 10 years. Oh, shit. Sure. And, yeah. And, um, so yeah, I'm right now, I was living in, like, a northern suburb of Atlanta, and now I'm in, inside the perimeter, ICP. Like to see someone like their ideas come to fruition. Absolutely. Aww. Do you do any other um, artistic or creative pursuits um, aside from this? We've heard about Matt doing, um, you know, writing historical musicals, writing books. Um, do you or are doing painting and writing? You did music, right? Um, do you do anything like that? I'm a Spanish interpreter, so I feel like I balance my life with like having fun and, and you know awakening my inner child and acting classes and playing pretend versus going into like immigration appointments and cancer centers and schools and you know helping out my my Hispanic side of uh, of myself. So I feel like one is super serious but my soul just like called me to it and the other part is just more of an ego thing but also feed my soul. It's a different part of the soul. Balance to find them all. That's Really hard to find something that'll keep that much of fulfillment, both in creative terms and terms of being a full positive influence on the world around you. That's that's hard. Yeah, that's incredible. So when you're interpreting, do you ever have anybody that recognizes you, maybe from a movie, or is like, oh, Evangeline Lily's going to interpret for me? Or <laughs> you know what? It's really funny. A lot of people. Since it, the second Ant-Man came out, every single time I go interpret, everybody will tell me things like, oh, you look familiar. I'm just, I'm laughing on the inside because I finally realized that everybody thinks I look familiar because of Evangeline Lily. But, you know, I don't think, 
The only time that that's happened was when I was the Delta in flight video person that was showing you how to buckle your seatbelt. I probably seen you! <laughs> everybody, I was standing in on a show, and everybody from the crew told me, Oh my gosh, I saw you on the flight, whatever. And then people from, you know, because since I grew up in Mexico, I still keep in touch with a lot of my friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. They were sending me screenshots, and oh my gosh, I saw you. So, it, only that and the vibes of the missiles of sharing, I got, you know, like, a good few seconds of screen time and, like, everybody. But other than that, like, I don't think it's the same kind of demographic. I see. Wow. That's so awesome. Yeah, that is so fucking cool. I'm just, like, I'm a little blown away. It's so cool. Um, <laughs> Thank you. All right. I think we need to start wrapping up our discussion on Baby Driver. So um, I want to get everybody's opinion on how did you like the ending? Hmm. Sorry, I have to leave. I'm so sorry. Matt, you have to leave us? Sorry. (laughs) I have to leave you. I don't want to comment on that. Okay. Do you just want to say goodbye to our podcast listeners? Yes, goodbye. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. You're all awesome. Have yeah. a blast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you ever want to like talk with us on another movie, even if you didn't work on it, like feel free. <laughs> like always cool your, always welcome on the extra unordinary. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Alright. Thank you so much, Matt. Bye Matt. Bye. Bye Matt. Stay safe out Bye. there with that weather. Go surfing if you can in Daytona. It's a lot of fun. Oh, I sent us your address so we can mail you cookies. What was that? Send us your address so we can mail you cookies. Okay, sounds good. I'll give you my address. Yeah, Yeah. also good cookies, Monique. Don't you fret. (laughs) All right. I know you weren't offering, but I need cookies. Oh no, no, you get cookies. You you're joining us on our podcast. You it's an off it's an open offer. Are they like special cookies or what kind of cookies? <laughs> they won't have any drugs in them. They they won't have drugs in them. I might use beer as the rising agent instead of baking powder, but that's about it. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. Neat. All right. So the ending. Who do we have still here? We have Monique, John, Joe, you, yeah, and me. Addison. Yeah. Okay. This is still the most people on our podcast ever. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> So how do you want to round this down, my love? Okay. Kat, what did you think about the ending? I won't lie, it has been... I haven't seen the movie since January, um, and that's the second time I had seen it. And it was admittedly on a flight, but I did pick it because I loved it. Um, On a Delta flight? On a Delta flight, of all things, actually. <laughs> New York to Atlanta. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But, uh, gosh, I have to think about it. Can I, can I pass? Yeah. Can I think about it for a second? John. Yeah, I was happy I went to see that It was hard. It was a hard ending. Yeah. You just wanted everything to turn out because you wanted it to be the fairy tale. But yeah. at the same time, the movie balanced fantasy and painful realism extremely well the whole way through. And they just couldn't throw that out just to have a feel-good ending. Yeah. Um, so they, they gave you the pain that, 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 that was inevitable for the next 
He was involved in the death of so many people, one of which he outright murdered, uh, despite being, you know, distinctly a bad guy. But despite holding to that realism where he had to go to prison, he had to cope with everything, but, you know, despite all of the witness testimony saying that he had a good character, he had to go to jail. That's really the only way that it was going to really turn out in modern day. But they still gave him a jail ending at the end. And they made sure to frame it like fantasy. And he, he got out of prison, he was still healthy, and the, the girl he loved was still there waiting for him. And just like in the fantasy he had before, she was there in a dress was a convertible. <laughs> and they were ready to just go and drive on to a new life. So it was, it was hard to watch. It hurt. But it had that combination of the fantasy fairy tale ending and the painful realism that the rest of the movie had. And while I did, I, I would have, I would have frankly enjoyed a feel good ending better, but that, that's just because I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to re- I respect the way the ending was done. It's, from a critical standpoint, that was just the better way to end it. Yeah. Okay, Joe, that was very insightful. Monique, what about you? How do you feel about it? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, I wore like a chick flick kind of girl, so I wanted it to be like the perfect ending where nobody died. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very sad when my uh, character was uh, killed off. So I would have preferred, even if they're, you know, not the best people in the world for them to live. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I guess that's what makes it so interesting because you're not expecting to see, you know, the, the main characters die. And I don't know. I, I just wish that they didn't kill off John and uh, Aza. All right. Totally valid. I get you. It must be kind of hard to see that. Yeah. It took, I think, like three days to, to film the scene where they do the shootout and in that parking lot, and I mean, as much fun as it is um, to, to work on that, and then Edgar did this thing, I don't know if uh, Matt mentioned it, but the director, Edgar Wright, was taking pictures behind the scenes all the time, and he liked to take pictures of the stand-in and post it on Instagram. Oh, so, Yeah, that was really cool. So that scene where she gets killed, my stand-in was, like, my, like what I had to do was just, like, lay on the floor a lot, or just sit there. And he had, like, some stun mats, so he posted a few of those pictures where I'm just, like, laying there making my job look extra hard. <laughs> and, uh, so it was, you know, not my favorite scene because she gets killed, but it was cool to see her, like, try to defend her man and, you know, use her really big uh, guns and try to escape. So it was badass but fast because she does get killed. Okay. Yeah, she is definitely a strong, badass female character. I love Like, she's like a badass female gangster for sure. <laughs> All right, Joe. Yes. How do you um, feel? Me, I was torn at the ending, but much like John, I felt like it's, it's the way that it needed to end, that there wasn't really a better way to do it. But I felt like the whole thing was based on karma that everybody kind of got what was coming to them eventually. And so you see the guys that were really bad, the way 
all this. Like, you, if you're going to be a bad guy, you have to be a bad guy. But then you see how Baby doesn't really get out of it, but he gets babied with his, with the prosecution and going to jail and everything. That he gets his 25 years, but he's only got five years till his probation. And, and so he gets a lot lighter sentence than everybody else who got death. That's yeah. true. He that does get a much lighter sentence. With, with karma, Baby's the only one who didn't murder innocent people. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. even with the woman he stole the car from, he like threw her back her purse and was like, "Sorry." Did she give her back a right. baby as well? He got. He gave another woman a baby. He gave the older woman her purse <laughs> and like apologized. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "I'm so sorry." As he's driving away in her car, and she's like, "Oh!" And we see her again when he's in his uh, court case, or when he's in court. They like you see these characters being like, "He was. He didn't seem like he was actually trying to like hurt anybody." Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that really counts for a lot because that is a thing that happens in cases like this, especially on multiple counts. They will bring in character witnesses, and uh, it's always like character witnesses. I don't think are typically subpoenaed. They have, they have to agree. Yeah. Like they, can, they, they agree to show up in court. So it really plays into what you said, Joe, about karma. Those, those people were impressed that someone stealing their car would take a good bit of time to actively be behind to them. And it paid off drastically. For everything he was involved with, parole in five years, that ceased. I mean, well, he, he was in a bad place with the bad guys, and he did his best to be a good guy. <laughs> Both karma gave him a break. Well, is Baby a good or a bad guy? Well, he was stuck in the position that he was in. Why did he go to the cops, though? Because that guy would have killed him and killed his father. The cops were in on it. Stacy owned the cops until they killed them at the end. Oh, uh, that's true. I forgot about that. Right, like, he was a full mob boss. He, he even explains, I told him who I was and what I was capable of when he drafted Baby. Baby didn't have an option to, to get out. He thought, and, you know, he banked his hopes as a kid on getting out by getting squared. And he, he went straight the second he could. And then he turns out, yeah, yeah, now you leave. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll murder your, your new pretty girlfriend. He's like, oh, like that. So, of course, that's when he goes off the rails. He knows that the only way out is going to be ugly, and he takes it. He knows what it takes to get out. So, I guess, yeah, I guess that's always been his goal is to make it out. Yeah. For himself. Ooh, ooh, here's a, here's a little interesting theory. He saves people that Bats is trying to murder, despite those same people trying to shoot Baby. Like, he knows they're in the wrong. He's just trying to minimize the damage along the way. Hmm. Joe, you were going to say something. Yeah, do you think Baby orchestrated the last 30 minutes? Do you think he was actually a mastermind in getting everybody killed and set them all up to have them all die one by one? I don't think he's that malicious. No. Yeah. Do you don't think those three guys standing outside the elevator knew that him and Kevin Spacey were coming down the elevator? I mean, someone could be tailing them. I don't think that would have been Baby, though. Yeah, those guys knew Kevin Spacey was coming down the elevator, but I think that's the largest extent of that plan. Like, Baby's whole plan was to kill Bass and get out. Yeah. Bass is the only one who would come back and murder the jail, save his 
I don't think he expected uh, uh, Kevin Spacey's character to actually follow through and baby himself this time. Well, I mean, I know we're wrapping up, but I feel bad because now I'm thinking of all these things that I want to tell you guys. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's fine. Tell us. Tell us. Okay, so do you, did you guys know that this movie is based on a uh, music video that Edgar Wright did back in 2003? No. Do you know the name of the video? It's, the song is Blue Song by Nint Royale. Hmm. He had it pinned on his, um, Twitter account for the longest time. And it's like if you see the opening scene where Baby's in the car dancing in his car, he does a lot of the same movements. Oh, that is so interesting. Yeah, so I just remembered that. And also, another, there's two cool stories that I well, one's cool and one's scary. My first day on set, um, you know, some of my friends like Matt and um, other people that were working that day had already worked for a few days, but it was the first day that I was standing in. After the camera test. And so it's so this big warehouse. And basically, like, the, there were some people that weren't really listening to what the DP was asking for. Mm-hmm. And so he grabs a lamp and says, I said to turn this light off. And then shakes the lamp. And the lamp falls on the table. And all those really long light bulbs explode and glasses everywhere. So, like, my first day off, that was like, glass shattering and people screaming and yeah so it was kind of scary i was like oh my gosh what did i get myself into oh my god <laughs> what is this chaos it's like yeah. crazy world it's terrifying everyone freaks in and all that yeah that was kind of scary and then um another cool story was that um oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name that yeah that yeah. so yes. he, he would pull out his phone and show us what he was working on, like, outside of Baby Driver. So he, at that moment, was working on, like, some music stuff, and he would pull out the videos and just talk to us like we are normal, you know, people, which mm-hmm. a lot of times, because you're outside and you're working and, you know, they're treated different than first team and not treated the same as second team, um, a lot of times they feel like they can't really talk to us or socialize, and he did not care. He was the nicest, most down-to-earth person and would, like, just talk to us all the time. I love that he just doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Really nice to work with. That sounds really nice. I'm I'm sure that was like a, like a kind of nice environment. (laughs) It's it's great to see that we get the behind behind the scenes people in on this. That it's generally like a great uplifting experience. (laughs) It's not just yeah, this was a job. Some cool stuff happened, but it was hell. It was hell. There was glass! <laughs> we did have some hellish nights because they rented out uh, a big, oh gosh, what is this place called? Well, anyway, it was a big, big facility that was like super dirty, and it's a place where they meet up to do the exchange and then they end up like shooting each other. Uh huh. And that lands in a lot of places. <sighs> I think it's like an old train. I don't know. I'm so bad with. Locations and names. I'm so sorry. No, no, right. <laughs> but um, anyway, we worked. I want to say two weeks of just overnights, and it was not fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing but gunshots. You had to put like protective stuff in your ears, and just like working all night for two weeks in a row was not fun. Yeah, I imagine not. 
It's like, I want to have a life, please. Yeah. And the, the shooting schedule for this movie was Wednesday through Sunday. So I would work Wednesday through Sunday, and then I'd try to interpret Monday and Tuesday. Oh, wow. <laughs> Were <laughs> you sleeping? Yeah. So you just find a way to make things work. I got to give you props. That sounds intense. <laughs> it was, but it was fun. I would not have done it different. Oh, no. It's so nice. It's like you got the experience you wanted out of it. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and there were paparazzi on set all the time. Of course, John Hamm was working. And his Hamaconda! Anaconda, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you said you had a scary story for us as well. Was that... That was a lamp story, which was okay. really scary. But another story that I just remembered was the first day that I was going to be photo-doubling in a car. Um, they put a wig on me, and normally I show up with, like, if they're telling me I'm going to photo-double, I don't do any, like, makeup or hair, and they take care of it. So they put this, like, huge wig on me because their hair was super long. And they give me the outfit, so it's this, like, really nice white shirt. And I go to do my makeup, and I don't know how, like, part of the strands from the wig got makeup on it, and then they went all over the white shirt. Oh, oh. Yeah. I almost died. So, I was doing my makeup in one of those little, like, um, bathroom trailer things, mm-hmm. and I leap out, and I'm about to have a panic attack when I see one of the costume ladies, and I tell her what happened. I don't know how, but with one of those little tie wet wipes that come, like, individually wrapped, she got all of that liquid makeup off the white shirt. Wow. Yes. She saved my butt, because I would have been in so much trouble. Is that what happens if something gets on there? Like, if you're in craft services and, like, a food gets on it, is, like, do you get in trouble, or? Well, yeah, because you're, I mean, your job is to look exactly like them, and unless they have, like, blood spatter or whatever on them, you're supposed to look exactly like them. So it's going to make them have to go back to see if they have another outfit. So it is your responsibility to keep your outfit clean. So what's the, and like... And things in particular are kind of a, oh, a big issue. I was wondering, then, do they give you, like, a smock for, like, when you're kind of just, like, doing normal, like, when you're, like, not on set, like, they're not shooting or anything? Like, or I guess you're always on set, but you know what I mean? When you're not actively doing something, do they give you, like... Or, like, when you're eating. It's when you're in crafty and they give you ribs for lunch. What do you do? Yeah, do you get a smile? Well, most of the time, if you're not going to photo double, like, right then and there, then you're not just wearing their clothes all day. They'll have, like, the stunts, uh, you know, you wear the stunts clothes. So, a lot of times, like, their outfits were Burberry, and we only wore those when they were, like, when we were photo doubling, but during the day when we were uh, just, like, standing in, we would wear similar color t-shirts, but we didn't get to wear their outfits. Ah, nice. Then you just say yeah. Burberry? That sounds comfy as fuck. Sounds fancy. Yeah. Yeah, they were really, really nice, and they had some that were for the stones that were not Burberry. They were just, like, made by some somebody else, but they were identical, so they were, like, copies of. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because they're going to get ruined. If it's a stunt, you know, they're going to get sweat and they're going to, you know, get in car accidents and running and stuff. So they get torn. So they have to make several of them. And it's way cheaper to just have somebody duplicate those outfits versus having to buy all those expensive suits. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, didn't, I never thought about that. I was like, 
have it, like, what do you do with, like, the name brand stuff? You make an alcohol so you can fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Get blood all over it, yeah. Oh. Ooh, Moni, can I ask you a dumb question? Yeah. Do you look like Evangeline Lily, or does Evangeline Lily look like you? I think that <laughs> I look like her, because she's only she's two years older than me. So, okay. that's the only reason why. Yeah. <laughs> but if you were older... <laughs> so I used to get that I looked like Liv Tyler a lot. Like, even one of the drivers on the movie that I studied with Matt, that drove for her in New York, had to do a double take, and he was like, oh my gosh, I met your Liv. But, um, after it lost, people were telling me all the time, if I would wear my hair down and wavy, they're like, oh, you look like Kate from Lost. So to be able to stand in for her on Ant-Man was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is. I I have a question after rewatching it today. I noticed that the character that you stood in for, um, Aza? Is that how you pronounce her name? Aza. Yeah. So in the movie, she's got a fake name that she goes by. But then she she, um, gets asked, what is your real name? And she says, Mm -hmm. it's Monica. Was that in the script, or did they choose that name because it was so closely related to Monique? Well, that was in the script, and I did ask because I thought that was bizarre, and it was just what they thought was a stripper name. (laughs) What? (laughs) I I won't lie, I haven't met many strippers named Monica. Yeah, that's kind of weird, but okay, I guess that's what strippers are called in Edgar Wright is a 
wonderful person who's like, I'm not going to punish someone for owning a jacket or something they wear right. on. Well, especially, especially someone who's doing stand-in work. Like, you clearly weren't part of the decision that made him leave. Yeah. He's to blame you for it. All of his rage directed to you on the jacket. I know, it was your fault. What? If you think about it, if she cast a daydream, she should be, like, happy. Because... Yeah. I just see that jacket and go, no, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, another fun fact is that I'm way, way shorter than Ava. Um, but Cassie just really wanted me to work on this. Awesome. <laughs> so did they give you, like, four heels? How did they match the height, or did they not worry about the height at all? If I needed to be standing, I would wear um, heels, and I would also stand on an apple box, but most of the movies she's sitting, either in a car or at a table. She's not standing a lot. I'm sorry, did you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Was that was that yours? <laughs> Sorry, if you hear that pounding, that's a cat. 
M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-D-O-T-C-O-M. That Instagram. Give her some money. Give her some love. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Can I just circle back real quick? Monique, um, yeah. we had a roundtable question earlier and just want to know, what is your favorite film that has been made in Atlanta? Ooh, good callback. Oh, that is a hard, hard, hard question to answer. I, so, this, it was my very first full-time stand-in movie, and uh, I got to work on it every day, and I wear a watch. That is the watch that I got to photo the one. I'm going to have to say Ant-Man, because it was just such an amazing experience. Um, but I feel like there's so many great things that are being filmed here. I, I just like to say that it's that because it was my first, and I'm always going to have a special place in my heart for Ant-Man. Aww. It's, it's number one. <laughs> it's Bay. Never forget your first. Exactly. <laughs> no mean power stuff. We are. No. 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 Never. Yeah. We're fine. We're fine. Not as fine as Monique, but we're fine. Yeah. Well, I don't think we'll ever be as fine as someone who looks like Vanceline Lowe. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> we'll accept that. That's cool. But yeah, so um, you're local. Come down to the port or in Little Five and come hang out with me. <laughs> you ever, if you ever want to. If you want to become friends with us. Yeah. You know, we'd love to have you back on whenever you have time. Yeah, again, open, as we said to Matt, for the same thing for you. If you open invite, if you ever want to, like, discuss anything on the podcast, if you have ideas for movies, you want to talk about books, media, anything. You read something cool and you want to talk about it, share it, feel free. We are so down. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'd love to be back and talk crazy, funny stories with you guys anytime. Oh, yeah. We'd totally love to have you. Yeah, please. Any, like, anytime, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so thank much. Thank you, Monique. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. All right. Good to hear from you again. Yeah. Let's right. see if Atlanta. Um, I know that we're planning the Godzilla premiere, so I'll probably be there at Godzilla weekend whenever that opens next year. Um, uh-huh. But I'm going to probably get out there before then, too. But I just don't know when yet. You better, Joe. Yeah, I'd like yeah, to meet you in person. here. We need to do the podcast, like, all together in one room at some point. Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I agree. I'd be down. Johnny, down for that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Alright, <laughs> that's inappropriate. <laughs> we are inappropriate. Yeah, welcome to the Extraordinary. Fuck your kids. Fuck your wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's a great conclusion to tonight's episode. Fuck your kids. Fuck your wife. <laughs> My name is Addison. This has been the Extraordinary. <laughs> Sound off. Sound off, guys. Who's with us today? This is John. Have a good night. Don't trust anything we say. <laughs> this is Joe. Do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> Do you want to do a sign-off for us, Monique? Yeah, this is Monique, and uh, what you seek is seeking you, so go for it.
I love you. We can edit this part out where I said it creepily first. <laughs> I just vowed I love you to the like in your direction like a weirdo. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and after that embarrassing moment, I'm Kat. Kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Addison. I feel raging through all of this. Have a great night.